Hello, and welcome to another episode of Intelligence for Your Life, the podcast. Uh, I'm Gib Gerard. Our guest this week is Mark Graben. He's the author of a number of books, but uh, most importantly, he is the host of a new podcast called My Favorite Mistake. We are going to talk about what he's learned about making mistakes and turning mistakes and failures into success. How to take those uh, the job that you stayed in for too long or and learn from that. How to take the mistakes that even other people have made and for you to learn from that. So a lot of great wisdom that we can glean from uh, from all of his years of experience as well as all of the great thought leaders that he has been interviewing. But before we do that, of course, we have to hear from our sponsors, including Rocket Mortgage. That's right. This part of Intelligence for Life, the podcast, is presented by Rocket Mortgage. When you need an expert to help navigate the home loan process, Rocket can. All right. That's it for sponsors. Here we go with my... I'm, I'm just excited to bring this to you. My interview with Mark Graven. Mark Graven, uh, author, speaker, but most importantly, host of the podcast, My Favorite Mistake. Thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me, Kip. Uh, okay, so you know, you've written a bunch of books, you've done a bunch of, you do a bunch of speaking, but you've recently started, uh, or I mean, not that recently, but you've you've started the uh, My Favorite Mistake podcast, and and you interview thought leaders uh, and people in the business world uh, use about how they turn negatives into positives. Is that is that a good summary of it, or or do you want to reframe it, that a little bit? No, well, I think that's pretty good. You know, I started this just over a year ago. My favorite mistake is a podcast where guests tell a story from their career. Uh, a favorite mistake is a moment that even if it was a little painful at the moment, you know, we, we look back and realize, you know, that was a great learning opportunity. It was somehow a formative step in my career. Sometimes mm. a mistake leads to something better. Right. But, you know, the, the tone of the podcast is not beating ourselves up over mistakes. Mm hmm. Very successful people make mistakes. I think the key is learning from them, you know, reflecting on the mistake, preventing the same mistake from popping up in your life again. And, and that's really what the podcast is all about. Uh, I mean, e I mean, even baked into the title, right, is this notion mm -hmm. that we can have a favorite mistake. Most people think of mistakes as things you never want to revisit. Uh, but I think reframing that is a great way to uh, fi find your success and, and, and to pivot into something that, that makes more sense. Um, how, how, how do yeah. you begin to train that? I mean, are, do these people have something innate or is it something that people can learn? I, well, we're, we're trying to set an example, I think by sharing stories in the podcast, um, you know, my, myself included, I mean, I make, I make mistakes all day long. I try to be aware of it. And, and I think, you know, being accepting of the fact that we're going to make mistakes, I think frees us up to, to be more creative and, um, to, to try, different things that can lead to success. So, I mean, I think, I think that's just one of the main things. I think sometimes people are afraid to move forward, whether it's starting a business, um, they're, they're afraid that they need to be perfect. And I think that just sets the bar too high. It puts too much stress on the people. So, you know, I think a lot of this, the, the people around the show maybe have that inherent willingness to be kind to themselves when they make a mistake. But, you know, I think it's the type of thing that can be practiced. I think one thing that's helpful is, Kind of, you know, sharing with a colleague, hey, I made a mistake today and here's what I learned from it. I think especially when a CEO or a business leader sets that example for mm. their team, that leads to a lot of really good things. You know, I, I, I was talking to somebody else recently who um, 
she's working with some younger people and she said, you know, they really don't, they, they're not taking uh, initiative or doing a lot of things outside of the exact purview of what they've been mandated. Uh, and, and I was sort of pushing back saying, you know, you're talking about uh, people like Generation Z, people who are coming out of uh, school having, you know, having all, almost all their lives on social media are really, really risk averse uh, to the mm-hmm. point where they really don't step out of line because so much of their life has been uh, broadcast. And that that lack of stepping out of line, I think, is mis- it may- means that these people mm-hmm. are losing a lot of uh, life lessons. And I think, you know, obviously not making mistakes is good enough itself, but you've got to make you got to feel freedom to, to make some <laughs> of those mistakes. How do you do that? In uh, if you come from a work culture or a school culture that mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily do what you're talking about, you're talking about CEOs that that elevate that concept, but we as individuals want to start practicing that. Well, I mean, you, you bring up a couple of really interesting dimensions to to that. Give one is the social media concept of you know people are overly curating their lives; they're only sharing photos where. Um, they look perfect, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and so there there is a trend I think of people. I see the the hashtag sometimes no filter or mm-hmm. or people being able to share their their imperfections. Mm-hmm. When when I post the podcast, there are times where I will stumble over something and I'll you know maybe just kind of call out you know if I had the subtitle of the guest book wrong because it wasn't really my fault. Maybe the the subtitle changed between. Um, when, when I was uh, pitched that guest right, and right along the way, but I'll, I'll call it out and say, okay, well, yeah, there, there's my mistake. I don't go back and edit those out. I, mm-hmm. I'd like to think maybe it's a little bit charming if it's not a major <laughs> mistake, right. but just sort of trying to set that example of, of rolling with it. And then again, you know, when we look at the impact of incentives, I mean, you know, there, there are some in education who point to the emphasis on grades and grade point averages. And does that prevent somebody in high school who's curious about exploring a different academic topic sure. or are they less willing to do so if they're afraid they might get a B? I mean, that's probably goes against the goal of education. Right. And then I think especially in workplaces when people are uh, you know, blamed or belittled or ridiculed or punished or fired for making mistakes, that just does nothing but drive mistakes underground. And, and that's not a path for an organization to uh, improve and, and become even more successful. So we have to try to create a culture. Sometimes it's leading by example to kind of put our mistakes out there, but in a way that allows us to learn and grow. Yeah, I mean, I think finding that line, right, is really hard. That's p- part of adolescence. I'm very thankful that when I was in school, uh, we didn't have HD cameras everywhere we rent, went and we didn't have everything put out uh, we weren't broadcasting and posting uh-huh. on, and that stuff is a matter of record now. So I'm, I'm thankful that I got to be an adolescent at a time without that stuff so that, you know, I, I was almost I got to play in an arena that was um, with with fewer consequences. I think when you post so much online, you 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 don't get to make those small mistakes because uh-huh. you don't know where that line is necessarily. I think, uh, you know, you, you may think you know where it is, but you're you're learning just like everybody else. So uh, it's it's going to be an interesting thing, you know, this idea of making <laughs> yeah. mistakes as we go forward. Yeah, I mean, I I did a lot of you know, dumb things in high school and college, and I'm glad my life wasn't being filmed yeah, and photographed and streamed. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. So I mean, I, it it does maybe you know bring up two different situations where you know one is yeah, I mean we we do need to be careful with what we say. If you ever find yourself 
prefacing a comment or a joke with something like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be saying this. Well, don't say know, maybe <laughs> yeah. we don't want to make that mistake. But I right. think when it comes to, let's say, starting a business, um, as we're learning, we're, we're inevitably going to make small mistakes. Mm-hmm. And if we're you know, that, that a small mistake when it comes to our business probably isn't going to completely crash the business. So, you know, one thing I've learned along the way and, and, and mentors have taught me is recognizing and embracing the small mistakes, learning from the small mistakes prevents the big mishap later on. So may, maybe sure. the same is true when it comes to what we say. If you say something in front of a small group and a buddy kind of say, you know, elbows you and say, Hey, you know, yeah, I don't know about that. Then don't, don't go on stage at a conference and make a similar, right. similar right. comment. Right. Uh, I mean, you, you brought up something earlier about, you know, people in school and how they don't want to take those risks to get themselves, you know, maybe a B when they want to be mm-hmm. an A student. I've heard other hiring managers talk about how sometimes our best students in other words, the people that are going to the Ivy League schools and who get straight A's at an Ivy League school and then go into the workforce, they've never had a setback. They've never had to deal uh. with this. And sometimes they make some of the worst workers, whereas like the C students, the people who have tried more things and uh, have had to sort of overcome difficulties, maybe in learning or, you know, in, in buckling down and trying to rescue a grade, uh, they end up being you know much better and more adaptable in today's mm-hmm. fast paced working environments. Um, you know, are we going to have a sort of, I don't want to say a brain, uh, drain, but are we going to have this problem where we have a whole generation of workers who don't know how to learn what you're talking Mm -hmm. about? Yeah, I I think the, the mindset around my favorite mistake is, a way of trying to get ourselves out of perfectionism. I mean, I, I, I've been battling that, you know, as a kid, I was, um, high performer academically, and uh, you you make a really good point about recovering from a setback and being resilient. If everything is too easy for you along the way, that could lead to a number of of dynamics where you struggle um, with 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 people for whom things don't come easily, and mm-hmm. and, and that's a reality of the workplace. We've got to be you know uh, patient and 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 work well with others. I mean, I think there's one reason, I mean, I wasn't a college athlete unless you want to count marching band as Hey, I'll count athlete. it. Come on, I'll count it. <laughs> I was carrying those drums around. I, it's amazing. But, yeah. But um, I, there's something to be said for, you know, companies that love hiring athletes. Like one of my engineering classmates, she played field hockey, was on mm-hmm. a national championship team one year at Northwestern. And you think of what great lessons yeah. Um, even somebody who's won yeah. a national championship, you lose games, you have setbacks, you right. have to be right. resilient. And that's where I've really enjoyed talking to some former professional athletes on my favorite mistake to hear their perspectives from the NFL and the National Hockey League. How do you get more resilient in the face of making mistakes? How do you mm-hmm. learn from them instead of letting it really crush you? Yeah. Uh, and I guess the answer is the question I have now is, is how, how do you? How do you start to learn from that? How do you how do you transition? I mean, look, I agree with you that I think sports is a great microcosm. In fact, uh, I've said this before, but there's a lot of 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 anthropologists and sociologists 
who believe that our our desire to play sports and the pervasiveness of sports in our culture comes from uh, a need to establish social hierarchy that would have in a, in a tribal culture would be established with you know mm-hmm. um, actual dangerous head to head battles. We do this mm-hmm. as a as sort of a, a safer proxy and a more civilized proxy, uh, and that that sort of that's an innate. Uh, desire among us. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much credence I give that, but it it, it does make sense. So uh, aside, I mean, do we should we all just start playing recreational sports in order to to get to this place? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think every, everyone's going to find their own um, outlet for you know trying something where you may have setbacks or mm-hmm. failures. I one one thing I think is personally useful is challenging yourself to go be a beginner at something. Mm. Um, a lot of times in our professional life or even our personal life, we do things that we're good at mm-hmm. and we have, we may have, um, you know, the expertise and where we're, we're teaching or coaching others. And it can be hard to remember how difficult it is to learn something new and to be patient with people who are learning, um, uh, in, in, uh, I've been in California, um, for the last year and a half. And I went and tried something new stand up paddleboarding. Oh yeah. I love that. I thought I was, I was, I was scared. I thought I was going to fall in. I tried to, you know, kind of work my way up to it as we would learning anything or starting a new business. You don't just, I don't know, maybe if you're uniquely talented and fit, you just jump up and stand right away. But mm-hmm. you know, you have somebody talk you through how to do it. That's helpful. But then you've got to learn by trying and balance on your knees and get the hang of that. And then, pull yourself up to be on your feet. I mean, I, I, I enjoyed the challenge of that. And, mm-hmm. and again, I think it can be a helpful reminder of when you're the expert and you're teaching others to, to be patient, to, to try to think about what they don't even, what, what they don't know, they don't know. And, and that I think helps you be a better teacher. Mm. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, uh, so I think from, from a leadership perspective, I love that. I, what I, what I worry about is, uh, is, you know, I think uh, I worry about it from the individual's perspective, right? Like, so from, from a leadership perspective, you want to create that culture where people, people feel comfortable failing, owning mm-hmm. their mistakes and learning from them, mm-hmm. right? You don't want to create the opposite culture where everybody wants to blame somebody else because mistakes are mm-hmm. punished so, so severely that they, that they don't want to, that nobody wants to admit to it. And what you end up is a, a frozen work culture. So I get that. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, I want to give, I want to empower the individual though, who mm-hmm. has come up or is maybe in a culture right now that does not allow for mistakes to begin mm-hmm. to embrace, uh, to embrace this, this lifestyle. So like, uh, or not lifestyle mindset so that they, they can. And I love your mm-hmm. advice to start doing something now with low stakes that you're mm-hmm. a beginner at, right? So mm-hmm. paddleboarding, painting things or things that you may or may yeah. not be very good at that put you in that, in that context. And then obviously like, I think that that becomes a, uh, that it's like a self-fulfilling thing. It's a, it's a, it's a snowball, right? You get comfortable failing, which means, means you get comfortable being a beginner somewhere else. Um, well, so, I mean, you raise a good point. I think there's this practice of uh, recognizing mistakes that happens at an individual level. Right. And then there's the organizational dynamic. So, look, the reality is if you're in a workplace where you get punished for admitting a mistake, I'm not going to say, well, you, you should start doing that. But I think what people can do on an individual level is start admitting the mistakes to themselves. So that yeah. this, this could be a journal or just a list. Good. But, you know, keeping a list of here are the mistakes I've made and 
reflect on it. What did I learn from that? How do I prevent making that same mistake? I think a lot of that can be done, even if it's kind of kept to yourself or to a loved one, uh, if you don't feel safe sharing it with your boss or the whole sure. workplace. Sure. I mean, I think you make a great point. Like a lot of us are, are the first place we ever lie is to ourselves, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So if you can start to teach yourself to be honest with yourself, that's good training for how to be honest and frame things with other people. And um, I, so I love that. I love that just mm-hmm. quick piece of takeaway. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. When we mm-hmm. come back, I want to talk about some of the specific mistakes. You know, what they say is uh, 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 wisdom is learning from your mistakes. Genius is learning from the mistakes of others. I want to talk about some specific mistakes that you've encountered in your, in your time hosting, uh, hosting my favorite mistake. So we'll be right back with Mark Graven. Mark, before the break, we were talking about just some general nuances, some some positives to to making mistakes, how to begin to train yourself to make mistakes. But you've interviewed a lot of great thought leaders, a lot of great business leaders who have uh, who have learned from their own mistakes. Are there some consistent mistakes that some of these people are making on a regular basis that you know, like a pattern that you'd say you've seen emerge? Yeah. So out of you know the 120 interviews that I've I've released so far, and you know the focus on my favorite mistake is generally on professional sure. uh, mistakes, workplace mistakes. Yep. A lot of it comes down to the two possible mistakes related to quitting a job. Um, I've I've had some guests who talked about the mistake of um, you know quitting a job for the wrong reasons. Mm or maybe not understanding what they were running from, and then they made a mistake of taking a job that was very similar to the situation they had been in before. Sounds like a lot of people uh, with relationships in general. <laughs> right, so I think, yeah, that, that could be true. I had one guest who, who said the mistake was moving across country um, with with a boyfriend, and um, you know, there, there were some professional um, lessons that came out of that, but you know, there, there's the risk of quitting a job. And I think we want to evaluate when we made a decision. Uh, it doesn't seem like a mistake at the time. Like what was it a lack of information um, that led to us to make a mistake? What, you know, let's say somebody fell into the trap of, you know, it's the cliche, but the grass being greener on the other side. Maybe the lesson learned is to better investigate the new job instead of just assuming that it's going to be better than what the old situation was. But then there are some guests, uh, uh, Brian Buck um, comes to mind. He, his mistake was not quitting um, soon enough. And mm-hmm. I've had a couple of guests who bring that up. Like if you're really truly um, in just a, a toxic environment, yeah. uh, maybe, you, maybe you need to quit even before the next job is lined up just for your own uh, personal sake. And not everyone's in a position to do that. But um, you know, when, whenever we make a decision, there's a risk that it's a mistake. And, you know, I think what guests on the show have talked about is that sometimes they realize it right away and it's better to recognize the mistake than it is to be stubborn or to double down on a bad Mm. decision. Um, I I think that's one of the general lessons when it comes to quitting or taking new jobs or, um, you know, other mistakes people have talked about in the show is not being too stubborn. Um, Don't beat yourself up. Um, or, you know, be kind to yourself. And then, you know, I, I think doing that allows you to think a little bit more clearly about what your next step should be instead of just being stuck on being upset with yourself for making that quote unquote mistake. You know, you, you talked in there about one of the mistakes being quitting at the wrong time, uh, which, you know, I, 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 I guess I don't. How, do you have any advice for how to find that that timing? Because 
you know, sometimes you can feel like you stay too long or you quit too early. And uh, I'm sure people have regretted both. And I think what, well, uh, I'll speak for myself. I think oftentimes Mm -hmm. when I am faced with two possibilities that both are equally likely to be the good choice or the bad choice, (laughs) I end up freezing, which is a bad, Mm -hmm. which, which is the worst of the three possibilities. (laughs) Right. And I know there's a lot of people that suffer from that same, that same concept. So do you have any advice for avoiding that and, and figuring out timing and something as nuanced as when to quit? Yeah. I mean, sometimes, I mean, we're, we're just making our best guess. Um, you know, I think sometimes if you're stuck in a 50, 50, decision of do I stay or do I quit? One question I've tried to use when I think about different steps that I think are ahead of me in in my career Mm -hmm. is, you know, which which choice better positions me for more options in the future. I think having more options helps us make better choices or it opens new doors in, in the future. So I think of, you know, my first year out of college, I worked for one of the major Detroit automakers. And I'll tell you, in that first year, I was miserable. I, I went and interviewed for another job or two. I was thinking about quitting mm. in that first year of like, man, this was not a great decision. Let's just rip the Band-Aid off. I'm young. I can move on to something else. But mm. I, I stayed, right? Because sometimes we want to persevere through something. We right. think we can, we can right. influence the situation. And I'll tell you, sticking with it through the pits of that really bad first year led to a really good second year mm. because we had some leader. We had a leadership change at the factory where I was an engineer. And now I started to see this is, you know, how, how you start making workplaces better. And part of that was changing the culture of not blaming and shaming people for for workplace mistakes. So that lesson was reinforced to me early on. Mm. But then after two years, I had this decision of, well, do I quit the automaker and go to MIT? I had a great opportunity to go to grad school or do, do I wait? And like looking back at it some, you know, 25 years later, I think, well, had I stayed at the automaker another year, like the learning and the experience would have been great, but I don't know if the MIT opportunity would have still been there. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had taken the risk of deferring that or, or waiting for something better, um, so it was it was it was a tough decision, but I felt like well leaving that employer and going to grad school was going to create more opportunities, and sure. and it did. So I I don't really consider that a mistake. Like part of me says, well maybe I should have tried to defer grad school for a year, but I made the best decision I could at the time. Um, yeah. I don't agonize over that. Yeah, I mean I think what again I think people get some of that deer in the headlights thing, you know, where where they are faced with two opportunities or two choices, and they. And it, it, it freezes us. So mm-hmm. uh, I think I think that's a good rubric is this idea of, OK, looking for the number one, um, looking for the way that creates the most downline opportunity. It's it's yeah. it's a good like first rubric. I think you brought up something in there where um, we're choosing oftentimes, sometimes when, we, when we're faced with um, a mistake that we've made mm-hmm. or, you know, whether that's a, in taking a job or or spending our time on a specific project within a job that we're already at. Uh, perseverance and ambition versus cutting our losses. Um, that's another sort of line that I think can be can be hard to figure out. Like how do we mm-hmm. how do we accept when a mistake is a mistake versus something that we just have to persevere through? 
that that's that's a great question and sometimes it only reveals itself over time mm-hmm. um, when, when we use our hindsight but I, I think one of the frameworks and, and and like at least for me this takes some of the pressure off of decisions in life of realizing again like you know pe- people I've interviewed on my favorite mistake incredibly successful people some mm-hmm. of them have really reached the pinnacle of their field you know my guest in episode one was kevin harrington who was on the show shark tank mm-hmm. um the first season and you know he's considered you know the one of the creators of the tv infomercial and he's mm-hmm. been really successful but earlier in that run he made uh, he made a mistake that almost put himself out of business it was you know kind of an issue involving credit card accounts and the structuring of these things but you know his i think the point and the thing that's reassuring from hearing someone like a Kevin Harrington, it reminds yourself, he's not successful because he never made mistakes. Right. He's successful because he learns from his mistakes. He has the confidence to say, hey, I'm not perfect. And here's an example of that. I think that's reassuring as we start thinking about our own um, opportunities or decisions to make in our career to say, again, the bar is not perfection. The The driver of success is not never making a, a, a bad decision. Um, I, I think that's re, that's reassuring. Um, I think one other thing that comes out of the interviews uh, from from my favorite mistake is, you know, even if you make one mistake quitting a job when you shouldn't have or mm-hmm. taking making a mistake and taking a new job, that that's not going to kill your career. Sure. So I think we can be a little bit may, easier said than done. Try to take the pressure off ourselves. We might say, well, I, I don't know 100% certainty that this is the right decision, but I'm going to make it anyway, and it's going to be okay. Can, can I can I posit a thesis uh, uh, from mm-hmm. from what, what I've heard you say so far and in my own yeah. experience? I yeah. feel like uh, not acting or or being concerned about the mistake will actually lead to more stagnation and more mistakes. I, some of the people I know who are the most successful have those kinds of career ending, what we perceive as what would be career ending, um, terrible mistakes. Like you, I would just bury my head in the sand and never want to come out from again, uh, mm-hmm. on their resume. So I, in my experience, in my own, in my own network, I know people who are, you know, who, who have embodied mistakes way worse than anything I've ever made. But then in the end, they're more successful because they just move on uh, in, in a weird, resilient way. So mm-hmm. my my argument is, I think not only is making mistakes something we have to learn from, making mistakes is is a necessity for success. And, and, and I think striking the balance, like one of my more recent guests, um, Cash Nickerson is a corporate CEO. He's an attorney. He's an author. He's learned. Uh, he's a martial arts black belt, uh, mm. which is something he's brought brought up again in his there's life. There's sports so again. Man, there's sports and there's new. It wasn't totally new to him, but picking it up again um, will 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 feel new. But, you know, Cash made a really good point um, about finding this balance of kind of, you know, calling out the mistake, acknowledging it, thinking about it and then saying, OK, time to move on. Mm-hmm. I think that's where writing it down or sharing. There are times where I'll send an email to a colleague and say, hey, I made this mistake. It's under control. No big impact. But here's what I did about it. Mm. Like, I think that allows you to kind of put a bow on it where cash was talking about the need to, again, like, you know, reflect on it without dwelling on it. Yeah. And I, I, I think if we don't articulate it, maybe it just bounces around in our head and we beat ourselves up and that's not constructive. 
Uh, but on the flip side of that, uh, this reminds me of you know Warren Buffett notoriously overspent because of an emotional thing, mm. overspent mm-hmm. to buy Berkshire Hathaway. And he ended up making that the parent company, the umbrella company for all of his assets because he wanted to remind himself never to make an, uh, an emotional decision like that uh-huh. again. Um, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know if you've had Warren Buffett on your show, but that's a that's oh, a, no. that's no. a legend that I've heard uh, about him, and and, yeah. and it's insane. That's I mean, great. it's it, there. There you go. There is a one of the most famous uh, companies in in evaluating risk in the entire world, and it is it is named after and it is housed in the body of an epic mistake. That, that happens a lot in investing. I mean, if you look at the world of uh, venture capital and any venture capital firm that's been successful will trumpet the great investments that they made. Right. You know, here are the here are the here are the right calls. Um, but even the world's most success, successful venture capital firms, are, they're not right 100 percent of the time. Mm-hmm. They all invest in a company that um, ended up failing a couple of years later. Mm-hmm. Um so there, there are some fields, I mean, I'll bring it back to sports and you think about baseball, um, you know, Hall of Fame hitter can fail seven times out of 10 when mm-hmm. they're at the plate. Right. And, you know, realize, you know, if just uh, if, if, if you recognize the small mistakes and learn from them, I think, again, that's that I think one of the key points is uh, preventing the big, huge mistake when we're more aware in, uh, of the small mistakes that we make. Uh, uh, and, and I mean, that's, and that's sort of like, that's the wisdom, right? That's what you learn by, by doing, uh, mm-hmm. how do you, how, how you get to that place? I mean, I, I, I kind of get what you're getting at with this, with the title of your podcast and why you are interviewing people in the style that you do. I just, uh, I, I, I suppose I want that, that, that move from, from, uh, I, I want I want a better way to know before I do it. Is this going to be mm. a small mistake? Or is this going to be a small fail? Or is this going to be something that you know that is that is life ending or career ending? So I you know it's a gosh it's a I guess that's a, it's one of those things that we can only really learn by getting our 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 feet wet and our hands dirty. Well, and um, one one of my guests um, on, on my favorite mistake uh, was Nika Kabiri. And, um, you know, she, she's the author of a book. Um, she does work in the field of what's called decision science. Mm. And, you know, uh, she, there, there are different rubrics or flow charts that you could try to use to kind of help you, 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 you think through a decision yeah. Yeah, of yeah. what are the things you should be considering? How do you weigh the odds of making this investment versus that investment? Um, if you're, if you're looking at making a job decision, I mean, the, the idea of risk and reward comes into play. Like if you take the job at the the startup, high risk, possibly high reward, as opposed to taking the safe paycheck at a big, um, you know, maybe, you know, boring company. Some people are in a place in life where uh, they, they can't accept the risk. And, and sometimes you are. So, you know, uh, you know, I think the, the, the one idea is, you know, don't let other people make decisions for you. That's one theme in the episodes where people said it was a mistake to follow somebody else's pathway instead of figuring out their own. I think the same might be true with um, decision-making. Mm, mm. I, mean, I think there's a, there's a lot of wisdom baked in that. Um, well, Mark, I think we're, we're coming down to the end here and uh, mm-hmm. of our time. I know your time is valuable, obviously. Um, is there, is there one piece of advice 
that has stood out to you that we haven't talked about yet? Uh, this is your time to get it out there. One piece of advice that, that you've gleaned from, from all of these thought and business leaders that, that makes you, that you want people to walk away with? Well, you know, I think I've shared the idea already, but, um, well, I mean, I'm going to, I've got a coffee mug that I had made up. It was kind of a collaboration. One of my guests is a friend of mine, Karen Ross, and she has a, a book that's out recently called The Kind Leader. And, you know, I think talking about kindness um, is useful and it relates to the idea of making mistakes. So it says on this coffee mug that I'm holding, it says, first, be kind to yourself. Um, second, it says, nobody is perfect. Then under that, it says, we all make mistakes. The important thing is continuing to learn from our mistakes. So I, I literally have that on the side of the coffee mug that's usually facing me you know, as a kind of as a bit of a mantra or a reminder uh, to myself. And, and, and I think those themes are, you know, those those four points really kind of encapsulate the mindset of the people who have come on my uh, on my favorite mistake, um, trying to move past that veneer of the perfect photo or the perfect career story, mm. um, you know, to share what's real, to take the filter off and say, you know what, I made a mistake, but we all do. To you, the listener, it's okay, but the key thing is learning and not repeating the mistakes. That's I, that's my attempt at kind of summarizing the high level themes across all these episodes, whether it's athletes, entertainers, CEOs, um, there's there's this really um, great spirit that comes through um, when, when people are willing to talk about a mistake. That is, I, I love that. I want to buy that mug. Uh, again, the podcast is My Favorite <laughs> Mistake. Link to the website for it in the show notes. It's uh, markgraben.com. You can check it out or uh, you can just go wherever you get your podcast. Again, My mm -hmm. Favorite Mistake. Uh, Mark, I'm going to ask you two last things. I ask everybody first and foremost, uh, if, uh, if people want to follow up with you aside from just going, listen to the podcast, which again, link in the show notes, how can people follow mm -hmm. up with you? Well, they can find me on the web market, Mark Raven or markgraven.com. My here's, it's my most recent mistake. My email address <laughs> is mark at markgraven.com. Uh, my, my name is unique enough and I'm kind of obnoxiously easy to find online. LinkedIn is a good place. The worst way to send me a message would be through Instagram, because one of my mistakes was not even knowing that Instagram had a message function. Mm. And I discovered like a couple years worth of oh, the couple people had tried to reach out to me. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I understand Instagram better, but uh, email, LinkedIn are probably the best ways to uh, to get in touch. If somebody wants to talk about um, a mistake they've made that they would consider to be uh, a favorite mistake. Uh, if they want to be on the podcast, that's a not, that's a possibility too. Uh, so basically whenever rappers or pop stars talked about sliding into the DMS, you had no idea what that meant because <laughs> you didn't even know that DMS existed. I, I, I well, no, I, I, I was thinking of like, I knew Twitter had DMS, <laughs> LinkedIn, Facebook had DMS. I should have assumed that, uh linked that uh instagram <laughs> instagram does as well and uh, i don't know i'm not on tiktok so you can't <laughs> i i have no i have no, i'm not i'm not either but that uh but there you have it all right mark one last thing and i ask it to everybody what is one thing that we can all start doing today that will make our lives a whole lot better i think the one thing is framing new things that we're doing as an experiment whether that means taking on a new project at work or making a suggestion or doing something in, in our life, the framing of, of doing new things as an experiment means we don't need to know the answer. You know, is this new initiative 
uh, in my company. Do I know it's going to be successful? Well, no. So if we frame it as, a, as an experiment and we think about baby steps to get things started, we can learn from the mistakes. Uh, picture a baby learning to walk. A baby learning to walk falls down a lot, but babies learn so quickly. It's so innate in us. That's that's how most of us learn how to walk. So I, I again, you know, framing something new as an experiment allows us to, to have the out of saying, well, we tried this new thing. I don't think it's working. Let's adjust or let's just, hmm. let's pull back and try something new. Kind of having that, um, you know, experimentalist mind, I hope, I, I think helps us then be a little kinder to ourselves when the experiment doesn't go as we would have hoped. That's a great psychological trick to reframe stuff. I, I love that. Uh, Mark Rabin, uh, we just, we really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for being with us. Well, Gib, thank you. Uh, great questions. Really enjoyed it today. That's it for our show today. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you like the show, please rate, comment, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us out a lot. Folks, uh, reach out to us on social media. You can find We spend a lot of time Facebook.com slash John Tesh. We go live there. We interact the most there. John's also on Instagram at John Tesh underscore IFYL. I'm Gib Gerard, Facebook.com slash Gib Gerard, or at Gib Gerard on Instagram and Twitter. Links to all of our social media are in the show notes. Folks, please reach out. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you have a guest suggestion because ultimately I do this show for you guys. So thank you so much for listening.